Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Isaiah 57, 3-13, we're going to be looking at the man delusion. So today's readings are coming from the ESV, and while we're not going to read the passage today, I encourage you to follow along as we study. So I... If you are not familiar with Richard Dawkins, um, he is the author of The God Delusion, which is an atheistic attack on God. So I figured, you know, we can get a little bit creative, look at the man delusion. Because what we're looking at in this passage is a picture of Israelites who are full of themselves and they are fooled by sin. And we are first going to look at a false security. That's our first point today, a false security. These Israelites are confident in their wickedness. That's really important. They are mocking, you know, and they're sticking out their tongue. So clearly, you know, they're not scared. I mean, if you're mocking, you know, presumably you are pretty confident. So we see here that they're living a lie. In re- They thought, you know, that they had it good, but They're not living in truth. They're living a lie. They think that they have security. They think that they have lasting contentment in their sin, but they don't. The wickedness that they're doing has deceived them. They think they will find joy in sexual perversion, and they think that their idols will guard them. It's not true. We see time and time again in history, or especially in biblical history, reading through people Men who have been sexually perverse, you know, you look at David with Bathsheba, you know, and even going back to Abrahamic times, you know, with Lot's daughters, and you just look that up, it's not a pretty story, and because of their sexual perversion, they gave birth to two of Israel's biggest enemies down the line, you know, and when Abraham had a son with Sarah's servant, she her son would literally become the father, I think it was the father of the Arabs, you know, people who are still to this day against Israel. You know, sin has consequences, but when in the moment, you know, it lies. It says, oh, it's not that bad, but it has nasty consequences. And they think their idols are going to guard them, you know. We've seen how long idols last, you know. It is almost cool now, you know, to look at Roman gods, Greek gods, you know, because they don't last. You just, people come up with new gods, you know. We write books about Roman gods now. No one worships them. And you look at, you know, you look at idols now, you know, things that used to ensnare us and things that ensnare us now, you know, looking at the shift from television now to social media. I mean, people still watch a lot of TV, but there's kind of a shift here, you know, and you see that Israel is not the only one to do this. We too sinfully look to find security in things that can never satisfy. And when I was reading through this, I saw verse eight, you have looked on nakedness. And I was like, Ah, those sinful people. We would never, ever do such a thing. Oh, wait. Pornography is rampant in our society. According to a Gospel Coalition article by Joe Carter, more than 90% of boys under 18 have seen pornography. That's terrible. A boy in America is as likely to have not seen pornography under 18 
as a high school athlete is to play a varsity college sport. That's rough. That shows you that we have become fooled into thinking that sin is okay, but it's not. Sin and pornography in particular distorts the brain. You don't even have to be a Christian to know that this is not good for you. You know, but we still we still do it. It's rampant. There is a reason that pornography is a billion dollar business. People keep feeding it. It is shameful. And in history, we will be viewed negatively because of this. But the church cannot live under this lie. We cannot feed the lies of the devil that say, oh, sin is okay. Sin's fun. Just do it. It's okay. It won't hurt you. We can't be a part of that. Rather, we have to be a part of fighting that with truth. Truth breaks down darkness. We have to be preaching the hope of Christ against the lies that are rampant in our society. We look at deceitfulness in idolatry in sexual perversion it's everywhere but we have to be bastions of truth and our second point today is the security of the righteous contrast the helpless wicked with God's people look at verse 13 when you cry out let your collection of idols deliver you the wind will carry them all off a breath will take them away we see, you know, if you've ever been in a car and you have the windows rolled down, if you've got like loose paper or whatever, it's gonna, just going to blow away. You have to keep the windows up or else wind will just carry it away. And that's what God's comparing these wicked men to. Stuff that wind just blows away, like chaff. You know, the wind just blows it on away into the wind. And we see that the wicked are like that. They have no one to help them on Judgment Day. God's people have confidence, though, that their vindication is coming from Christ's righteousness. We have a security knowing that our hope is not in ourselves. It's not in things that pass away. It is in our Lord Jesus who died but rose again and now reigns in heaven and will come back to judge the living and the dead. And God's people, we've got a hope in this life for a life to come. We've got hope. But he who takes refuge in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. That's coming from verse 13. We have got concrete promises of hope. And that is in contrast to the lies of Satan, the lies of sin, the deceitfulness of sin that wants to bring us down. We need to look outside of ourselves. The heart is desperately sick. It's deceitful beyond all things. But if we trust in our heart, we're going to die. We're going to believe things that lead us to hell. Look at verse 9. You journeyed to the king with oil and multiplied your perfumes. You sent your envoys far off and sent down even to Sheol. They literally are going to hell in a handbasket. But when we have the truth, we have hope. We have a hope of eternity spent with Christ. And how are we going to apply this passage? You may say, well, I'm already a Christian. 
Don't fall prey to the deceitfulness of sin. Live in truth. That's my encouragement to you. My encouragement to the church. Don't fall prey. We need to not be on the defense, but be on the offense. Fight these lies with better promises from God. Realize that when you obey, you've got praise in heaven. Even when those around you mock and seem to have it great. We have a future. Remember those words. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us at Facebook at Adopted Believers.